Hello everyone and welcome back to The Wayward Dragons, episode 24. Uh, hello. So, hello listeners. Um, if this is your first time joining us, welcome for the first time. This is just a couple of nerdy friends who have been friends for about a decade that love yep. French science and occult shit. And we just kind of talk about that sort of things topic by topic on different episodes we're both neurodivergent <laughs> so the topics jump around a little bit but if you're listening to us for the first time uh, I hope you don't scare you off Welcome if back. you've been here before then you oh, know that yeah, we go sure. on random side this quests. one's going to be major side quest episode so, <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh we today's topic yes. we're gonna be talking about dreams. And when I say dream I don't mean dream of the endless, you know, the guy <laughs> who stars in the Sandman comics and the new Sandman series yeah, yeah. uh on Netflix. Um this is not a paid advertisement, this is just a nerd telling you that <laughs> it's freaking awesome and enjoyable. I was wondering if that was good. <laughs> Uh, it's I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. They did change some things because from the comics, but it, I feel like it's just a flat, justifiably changed. And Neil Gaiman, the creator, who's actually been working a lot with the crew yeah. for the uh, show, and they also yeah. have an Audible adaptation. Um, you know, he weighed in on it, and he had some very good points that I feel like a lot of artists and like creators authors uh with fandoms that you know can become toxic if they're elitist or gatekeepy should you know follow suit and that people should just not be dicks and (laughs) let people enjoy what they enjoy and you know if you don't enjoy it it's not hurting anyone and it's not taking away anyone's rights and as long as you're not like hurting people who cares but but yeah no it's i'm yeah, and like it's it's really well done. It's nice. enjoyable. Uh, slight spoiler alert: Patton Oswalt plays the voice of uh, okay. one of the characters. Because I, I who love doesn't him. love Patton Oswalt? I will say, anyone who has never read his wife's book, that is an amazing book. His wife writes, "I will be gone in the dark." That's a great book. His letter mm-hmm. at the end made me cry. Yeah, she was like three quarters of the way through it, Um, and then like the other people she was taught like basically in cahoots with with like making this book finished it, Um, and he writes a letter to her and the Golden State Killer, Um, and it 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 gets you right in the feels. It does. I, yeah, I would. Yeah. I've not read that. I would probably cry. That that man yeah. is amazing, and he's been through a lot, and honestly yes. deserves a lot more love than yes. he gets. Yes, for sure. So, um, but you know, before we get into our topic, uh, you know, how are you doing, Kels? <laughs> By the way, I have a co-host for those of you who are new. Um, that's the other voice you heard. Yeah. That's 
Kelsey. Kelsey. Uh, um, new kitten. New kitten. Um, I call her the demon. Um, because she... She she's a kitten. I have not had a kitten in five years. Um, so integrating all the other cats to co-mingle. My three kind of get along. Um, but I have two litter mates. Tiger and Salem are litter mates, and then Apollo's just kind of out on his own here. Um, Buddy. Like right now, he's currently licking the chair I'm sitting in. Um, he's just kind of all off his own. On his own. Um, but yeah, just dealing with a new kitten. Um, dealt with the one year of my grandma. That's kind of how we celebrated my grandma, the one year of my grandma. Um, is we went down to my dad's got a cat. So yeah. 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 God love him. He's got fifteen. And oh, I did. I got the gray one with at. the eyebrows. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Well, you're a little fuzzy, yeah. so I couldn't no, really see. I can't get on the table. Um, yeah. My my dad was like, I knew she was going to take that one. I'm like, I already have a tabby, Dad. I don't need another one. <laughs> I don't need another one. And I didn't want a calico. So, Twitch it was. Because the... When she, um, when she gets nervous, she shakes, like, violently. <laughs> like, um, like she's scared, you know, like she's almost vibrating. Um, but even after she, like, her body stops, the tip of her tail doesn't. <laughs> um, my dad said that if I took her, I had to keep her name, which was Twitch. Because of the tip of her tail. Yeah, the tip of her tail doesn't stop. So yeah, Oreo thinks it's his little baby. Um, she has the egg wrapped around her little paw, and then you got me who's just instigates the fuck out of her. So yeah. For those of you who don't know, Oreo is Kelsey's dog, and he is a he's a massive Chattahula leopard dog mix. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's basically he's a, horse. a big Chattahula. Like, so. yeah, like you guys have a twin mm -hmm. size bed for him yep. to sleep on, correct? Like he yep. requires his yep. own. We went twin to the vet because um, he was sick about two months ago, I think. Um, he weighed one hundred and fifty-one pounds. <laughs> he's huge. He's my baby. He's my baby. He's, He's a big boy. Baby. I didn't even weigh that much when I, I graduated I high school. <laughs> now that I think about it, I don't think I did either. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Now's a different story life, because, you know. Life happened. Life. Stress. <laughs> Fucking yeah. life. This whole adulting thing is bullshit. Let me tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> I go on vacation from like both my jobs and I'm always like, oh, this is so great. And then I come back, I'm like, this is horseshit. And I have to come back. This is horrible. <laughs> have you, uh, have you reading anything fun? I do have mindful box, mindful soul box stuff to show you. Only because they're super pretty. They're super okay. pretty. So for this month, I got a jade 
comb. Can you see this? To Yes. Also, yeah, folks, no. this is not a paid advertisement. Chelsea just like sharing. Yeah, because it, well, it's a crystal subscription box. box. Um, and then this huge amethyst. It's probably about the size of my thumb. It's huge. What I love, and I don't know if you can see this. So this is like, what is it called? It's something goldstone, blue goldstone. So it's blue bracelet beads and it has the copper mixed in so it looks like like super shiny and super cool looking but you can't see it through the camera it looks so pretty and you get a pen well, but whenever uh -huh. you visit i have a store i have to take you to that oh, okay. about yeah. last weekend um a rose quartz pendulum You'll have to bring like an ex. You'll have to bring in like an extra briefcase, briefcase suitcase. Okay, I can totally to put all the gemstones in. Totally, <laughs> I can totally bring. It'll be over the thirty-five pound limit matter. or whatever it is. Um, then they sent a citrine necklace. That's actually pretty big. That's like his. That's like a thumb size. Mm -hmm. Um, and they sent incense this month. But I thought the pendulum, they sent a really nice pendulum. Zach likes the pendulum. That's my fiance. So. And uh, we are located in the United States, which is why Kelsey's referring to things as thumb size <laughs> and not an actual unit of measurement because, you know, Americans will use anything <laughs> to avoid true. using the metric system. <laughs> I just, I never thought of that. Now that you said it. Oh, and they sent an incense box, but you can't smell this, so. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I can smell it. I can totally smell it. My, my web, smell vision? My webcam has, uh, you know, olfactory senses. <laughs> olfactory senses that it just... Your computer picks it up with its olfactory yeah. senses oh, and digitally it sends it to me. So, I have been... God love my coworkers. Um, so... I, oh, that was none of the books I read. Um, I've been having my coworkers pick the books I read. God, oh, love them. Um, so, like, I'll pick a stack of five, and I'll tell people pick one, number one through five, and then I'll tell somebody else to pick number one through four. God, love them. Um, so for, I forget where the one was. Um... I read the Department of Rare Books and Special Collections. I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name because I don't want to butch like butcher it. Um, but basically, this lady works for. It's all based in England. Um, she works at this university special like rare books place, um, part of the library, and her boss dies of a stroke. And, you know, they're trying to get into his office because he has, like, this super rare book that's about to go, like, um, do a tour, basically. Um, and they open the safe and there's no book. And then you kind of go on a mystery hunt of who took the book. And then you find out that he took the book. And then he was also having an affair with his, um, secretary. So, that was fun. That was a good one. 
That was, that was a nice, like, I call them coffee beans, where, um, it's a nice breather, kind of, from the constant series that I'm in right now. Um, and then I read The Templar's Last Secret by Martin Walker. It's a Bruno, a chief of police novel. So it's based in, like, France, I think? Um, but you go around with this chief of, he's not even the chief of police, um, as he solves stuff, but basically there's the caves that are in France, where the hand painting, the, um, Neolithic art or whatever it is, um, it, yeah. you have people, you have Islamic extremists that want to basically blow it up. Um, and it follows that whole trajectory type thing. I don't know if I'm going to read the rest of the series. Um, but it's interesting. There's interesting concepts. Interesting concepts. Um, I don't know. Picked it up because it, it deals with the Templar. There's like a Templar... Um, location not too far from the caves that are in France um, and stuff. It's not bad. I don't know if I'd read the rest of the series. Um, and then I read the third book in the Sigma Force series that I'm slowly making my way through. I will give James Rollin like major credit because these are some abstract genius plots that would make great movies like full-length movies i don't i don't want to skip anything you got to make sure the whole book is in the movie so basically in world war ii heimlich himmler had what was called the black order where he was trying to make the perfect human doing genetic experiments on people yeah, yeah you in the it. book he goes a step further and creates basically this new element, we'll say, for explanation terms. Um, that when you're exposed to this, creates the perfect human. However, you slowly die of basically radiation poisoning. So, keep that nugget in the back of your mind. So Heimlich Himmler has this, his lab of people. At the end of World War II, they split. Half of it goes to Africa, and then the other half goes into Britain further. Like, some of it stays in Britain, and then eventually it goes and stays in Germany. Um, and then eventually into the Himalayas as the war ends. Um, and the two fractions come up with different ideals of the perfect human. The ones in Africa start messing with animals and create, like, dino-age animals, right? It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. But in the Himalayas, in a black and order... And this was called what? It follows the... They, they basically follow the black order as it crumbled... In okay. modern day, 
But what happens is, is the, this bell, that's the element that they expose all these embryos to, explodes in the Himalayas. And in the beginning of the book, you walk, okay. you walk into a monastery that these monks have gone absolutely fucking apeshit and killed everybody. Because that's part of it, is you, you mentally go insane as your body just like shuts down. You lose your fingernails, your hair, it, it's horrible. Um, so apparently that's yeah, the third book. Every single series. one is, it's a drastic, interesting concept of creating the perfect human being but in this one, what you find out in the end is the way that he created this perfect human being. Because you find out that... What? Holy shit. Sorry, I got distracted. So this is maybe a series I look into getting into. Um, yeah, like there's some of them that are half. Or more. Um, but like... You find out at the end of the war, his, like, main scientist walks into the the reactor, the bell, and, with a baby. And you don't know whether the, the baby lives or dies. But you basically find out that he never did anything to the baby. It was his faith in creating the perfect human, the perfect healthy human is what made this infant that you eventually find is a 60 year old priest <laughs> in Italy or no in Poland he's in Poland and they basically one of like the main guys in Sigma Force is like he never did anything to this kid he never injected him or exposed him to anything he literally put out and held this belief of creating this perfect healthy person and when he came out that's what happened because the the priest in poland doesn't huh. have any of the side effects that the people in africa that the group in africa created and the people in germany created he's a perfectly healthy person never really gets sick and you know it, it's interesting that it it messes with your concept of faith of what faith actually is so yeah. yeah I recommend the series if you like like Tom Clancy and stuff like that cool. like military style books yeah. you know not, not but it's interesting but they're it's interesting concepts they're, I started out reading book 11 you can read them all separately but character development makes sense if you read them all in order mm -hmm. um but like bone labyrinth the whole adam and eve thing that's interesting so i mean they all have some form of faith behind them is the one thing i've noticed but it's interesting tweaks when you say faith christianity are you referring christianity. to a particular faith yeah okay I did notice that with some of the art that they had for yeah. some of the books. Yeah. The, the fourth one is Judas Stain or something. I just downloaded that one to read. Yeah, Judas is Strain. 
So, yeah, it's interesting. If anybody is interested in reading it. Yeah. The yeah. other two, eh. This, this Sigma Force series, it's, it's the bomb. I, if they don't make it into movies, I don't know why they should. But. What have you been reading? Um, so, because of... Well, some of the stuff that I have is for today's episode, which... Uh, the Meaning of Dreams by Calvin Hall. Uh, and... I'll, I'll get into <laughs> that one in a few minutes. Yeah, that's the one thing we found while doing this episode is... Uh... Dream by... And then Dream by Sam Siv. Uh which both those go into, like, different aspects of dreams and different, like, more of the psychological aspects. I did find some stuff on spiritual as well, but a lot from those two were the scientific aspects, which I wanted to kind of cover a little bit of both in this episode. Uh, The other thing, because of talking about them and all that jazz, and with our topic for last episode yeah. with the Fae, I re I went through all six of the Tufa books. Okay. Again, so. And for those of you who aren't familiar and haven't heard episodes of me talking about the Tufa books, um, they are based around a community in the mm-hmm. uh, Appalachian Mountains in the U.S. about a group of people who are descended from the Tuatha de Dana, the fair folk, the, mm-hmm. you know, good neighbors, as you will, uh, just because I have purposely been <laughs> avoiding that word. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're cool. Like, I don't want to piss anybody off, but, uh, good, good series. It's, in a lot of ways, they show a lot of things in the Appalachian culture, both in the positive and negative light, but it's active, like, accurate type stuff. It also has in it some interesting concepts of, like, I mean, it's, it's an urban yeah. fantasy series, so it's just kind of, like, interesting concepts with that, and, you know, there's love and intrigue, and, you know, there's positive representation from uh, as far as like strong feminine characters that they don't feel a need to say I'm a strong woman they're just they are a strong woman Um, there's positive representation of queer characters there because of the location it takes uh, there is a slight trigger warning that they do drop there are some less than favorable characters that drop yeah. the n-word a few times but those characters generally get what's coming to them uh there's also you know a few times that uh fag is used yeah. so if you're triggered by that i apologize but you know as a queer person yeah. i'm allowed to say <laughs> that so fuck off <laughs> but but yeah, so and it's like I said, those people get dealt with, and it's it's not like a lot of urban fantasy that you know people are like, oh yeah, it's 
deepest for urban fantasy, and there's like an underground and blah 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 and all, which I enjoy. I love that trope, but it's just like, hey, these people exist and they want to be left alone. Uh, this is what their society looks like, and this is what happens when people kind of yeah. muddle in things involving them. Yeah. There's a funny running joke through the books because uh, one of the Tufa farmers at one point had some emus because he figured he could get some big money out of them for their meat. And then there were some issues with the economy, and he couldn't afford to feed them, so he just kind of let them let loose and for anyone who doesn't know about the climate in certain parts of the Appalachia especially southern Appalachia because oh, this takes place in Tennessee <laughs> um, things typically no. don't like to die and I don't mean like you know things are immortal or zombies I mean like Invasive species that people let them go bring over, they take massive, like, they take control. They go crazy. There's a huge issue in uh, parts of, like, Georgia specifically, there's huge issues Mm -hmm. with a plant called kudzu, which they brought over from Japan. So the cool thing about kudzu is that it grows rapidly, and they brought it over to help deal with erosion issues on the roadside. The bad part is, is that there's nothing naturally that takes it out. They thought originally, hey, the cows will eat this and keep it down, and the horses will eat this. Well, we don't really have random cows and horses roaming around. You know, you had some of that back in the day, but you don't really have that anymore. You have people with cars, and they're not too fond of it, overly fond of it anyways. But, you know, they occasionally will eat it. Uh, the issue is, is that because of the climate, it's all over the place. Yeah, it's all over the place. And, uh, so like with that, with the emus, you know, there's no natural predators, even though they've got grizzlies and stuff in the Appalachian, um, and Mm -hmm. big, big boars and stuff that escape from people. Uh, yeah, they just, they, it they survive a winter, they're going to just, like, crazily populate. So that's a running joke. You'll have, like, in one of the books, the guys, like, a guy and his girlfriend are going to the town, and he stops to pee, because, or they stops on the side of the road, and he goes in the woods to take a piss. Yeah. Because, like you do. Uh, and so he's doing that, and starts freaking out. She's like, what? <laughs> he's like, there was a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> And, like, he took pictures of, like, that's the emu, emu prints, and they're just like, no, that's, that's <laughs> an emu, because this, this guy had an emu, had that's some funny. emu that he let out. That's funny. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah. I mean, emus are resilient anyways. There was a whole war fought against them, and the emus won. If you guys don't know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about, look up the emu war. It is an amazing, interesting part <laughs> of Australian history, where... The Australian government lost against a bunch of big birds in a fight. Or I guess multiple fights, war. I could totally believe that. But but yeah, so that's what I've been reading. So, to kind of go on my, (laughs) after that little tangent of those books, uh, which I I highly recommend. Uh, Yes. So the meaning of dreams. 
it was an interesting read from a psychological okay. standpoint in certain ways. So they reference, of course, the two biggest psychology names probably in history, which mm-hmm. are, you know, Carl Jung okay. and Sigmund Freud. Uh, both did a lot of, like, looking into dream meetings and stuff. Uh, my big issue okay. with this uh, is that they reference a lot of Freud's stuff, and of course everyone knows that Freud refers everything refers to everything as it being sexual in nature at some point, or some way, shape, or form. So, according to this book, like, literally half or more of the shit we dream about is sexual in nature and has to do with something sexually. What? It's like, well, if you dream of a horse, it's male virility. And if you dream of a getting on a train, you're dreaming of hopping onto a penis. And, like, it's like, just because it's penis-shaped yeah. doesn't uh, mean it's a penis. Why? Like, everything's not a penis just because it's... Yeah, so that was a whole, like, that... And, you know, I'm very sex positive person, don't have but to it's turn like, come on, guys. Way. You have way up more things you can do. No. And, like, I was I was talking to one of my friends who's ace last night about this, and he was like... When I was telling him about it, he was like, wow, so... I'm not weird for thinking that it's strange that people turn everything sexual all the time, and I'm like, no, it's not normal for, like, 90% of people. You just have, like, certain people who have to turn everything sexual, and, I mean, things can be sexual, and if you're, you know, in a little pervy mood and want to make dirty yeah. jokes about stuff, hey, go for it. That's, that's fine, just, you know, have fun, just don't hurt anybody, like we said earlier. But... They were just like, well, this means penis, and this means what? vagina, and this means what? blah, blah, blah. And they got the whole, like, conversation about Oedipus and all this other stuff, and I'm like, guys. What? I... <sighs> yeah, I, I did find some interesting scientific facts about that, though, um, and I'll get to that okay. in a few minutes. But I would like to start, I guess kind of goes to the next thing with a quote from Carl Jung. Uh, And this is a quote about dream analysis. Carl Jung said, uh, we must never forget in dream analysis, even for a moment, uh, that we move on treacherous ground that that nothing is certain but uncertainty. A suitable warning to dream interpreters is is only is where not paradoxical would be. I'm missing a word there somewhere. Anyways, uh, (laughs) do you do anything you like? Don't try to uh, understand. So basically he's saying when you're looking at dreams or when you're, if you're doing lucid dreaming, which I think we're going to get into that a little bit. Also like the next episode. If not this episode, the next episode. Uh, But he's, yeah, but he's saying that, you know, do whatever because in your dreams you're unlimited. Yeah, makes sense. 
makes so I think you and I found a lot of the same stuff when we were doing the research on this where it was you know at least from my metaphysical standpoint uh, a lot of the symbolism is yep. person by person based I mean there are certain motifs that are around it's like well this generally means this this generally means something yeah. like this but it's never a finite this yeah. means this, well and that's why I kind of stuck this. to how it how dream interpretation where it kind of started and how each culture kind of changed it because it's like every single thing what something means in my dream can mean something different if it happened to you in your dream like because we have gone through very different things in life and have very different things going on and I can interpret it one way but you can interpret it another way Well, so why don't you walk us through some of the history stuff, if you don't mind, and then I'll go from some of the psychological. I also have this book here uh, that if someone wants to email us or send us a message on one of our social medias about, like, you know, we say anonymous yep. if you want, but just a weird dream you've had, and we can try and interpret yep. it on our next episode or two. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's cool little it's the dream dictionary <laughs> and it's a to z three thousand magical mirrors to reveal the meaning of your dreams so it's yeah you literally go through it it's like a dictionary and it tells you, you have a word and it gives you a yeah metaphysical example of what yeah. it could mean in your yeah. dream those are it's always interesting especially if you remember your dreams because i i don't so I would like to point this out. Uh, some people say they don't dream, which is total BS. Everyone dreams uh, from a mm -hmm. biological and psychological standpoint. We as humans mm -hmm. would not be able to process. It's a thing for like, it's a, one of the base things for a lot of sentient beings, really. But yep. you have to be able to dream. And people actually dream, typically... Mm -hmm. uh, depending on their sleep cycles, um, anywhere from 4 yeah. to 16 times yeah. a night. And you can actually dream mm -hmm. at any point during your sleep cycle, but it's more prevalent, or more, it's more likely to happen, and you're more likely to remember it if you're in your mm -hmm. REM state, which is rapid eye movement, is what they call it, because yep. your eyes typically go crazy but those are the ones you typically remember better and the ones that you have right before you yep. wake up you typically remember yeah. better yeah why don't you get some history <laughs> for us and i'll shut up and because nah. i'm i'm tired of hearing my own voice i'm sure everyone else You're is cool. too um <laughs> so dreaming was considered a supernatural way to communicate with the divine it was a it was seen as the divine intervening in things are kind of sending you messages um and then you would have like people in temples that would interpret the dream basically um so basically the first written dream interpretation 
we have is from ancient Sumerians in Mesopotamia. So that's, think, Western Asia. So like Iraq and all that, Pakistan, all that stuff right there. Um, and the, they left evidence of dream interpretation dating back to at least 3100 BC. Um, so in Mesopotamia, dreams were were held to like an extreme importance. Um, kings would just do whatever their dream told them to do. So they, there's tons of tales um, of like this king receiving a message through a dream and then it happening, or they receive a message through the dream and they not listen to it and then something horrible happens. Um, but they also saw dreams as a way to see into other worlds. So they thought that as you dreamt, some part of your soul stayed, so you kind of stayed anchored here, but another part of your soul went into another realm at the same time, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, they did have a, a possible god of dreams. Um, I did not write down the name. Um, but they did have, like, a temple or two dedicated to him. Um, and they did have good and bad dreams. So, um, you know, good messages from, from their gods and goddess. And then bad dreams from demons. Um, we also have written hieroglyphics from ancient Egypt um, of dream interpretation. Um, the weirdest one I found was in ancient Greece. They basically constructed temples for the sick to stay in and be cured. And the way that you would be cured, it was believed that the cures, the cures were believed to be affected through divine grace by incubating dreams within the confines of the temple. That's how you were cured. You slept on it. In the temple. Um... I mean, I could see that thing in the disease, because, I mean, yeah. rest is um, the best medicine. In medieval right? Islamic um, psychology, certain headaches, H-A-T-I-T-H-S, um, holy people indicated dreams um, consisted of three parts, false, pathogenic, and truth. So it was up to you to determine which part of your dream was what. Um, the Chinese basically started lucid dreaming, where you are aware that you're dreaming in your dream, which I thought was interesting. They start, they're the culture that starts to question, how do we know that we're awake and how do we know that we're dreaming? So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then there, there's the belief now that your dreams are trying to tell you something through your subconscious. Which we'll get into the signs. Um, and then a sign is something that you see in a dream that is constant. So it's not just, you know, you have a dream about one car crash. You're having multiple dreams about multiple car crashes. And it's maybe not even the same person in the car crash, but this, the constant is the car crash. Or your teeth are falling out 
you know, you keep having dreams where your teeth are falling out. Um, or you keep having dreams that you're naked in public or something else. I didn't know the teeth mm-hmm. falling out thing was such a common one until, like, doing some research and found out that was a really common one. Like I said, I, when I was talking to my uh, age yeah. friend last night, he had mentioned, he's mm-hmm. like, hey, are you going to be talking about your teeth falling out and, like, teeth dreams? And I'm like, yeah, yeah but, like, I yeah. honestly didn't realize it was that yeah. common. It's it's quite common. That's a quite normal sign. Um, that's why I pulled up that article nine common dreams is like that's one of them like falling being naked in public being chased losing your teeth dying taking a test and like failing so i don't have the dying on my list but i have a list of like 16 of them that i'm gonna go over for the psychological aspects of things as far as what they say it means yeah and like taking a test and failing it cheating on your partner, flying, and being pregnant. I don't have cheating on the partner. I also don't have being pregnant. I have uh, Mm -hmm. being lost or trapped, boxes, mistransportation, falling, being chased, teeth, ants, apparently the common one. Hair falling uh, out? Hair, yeah. Uh, we'll get, well, we'll yeah. get into that a little bit more when we talk about it. Uh, but hair, water dreams, <laughs> yes. and not like wet dreams. Those are different. Yes. Uh, being in your home uh, or a house, flying, roads, naked public, flowers, mud, failing a test, and huh. reoccurring dreams. But we'll get yeah, into I mean, that a little bit more. That's all I got. I guess whenever you're ready for me to. That's all the wiki gave me. Okay. So, so before we kind of go into this uh, a little bit further, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. So dreams are particular to the person. Um, it's up for individual yes. interpretation. That... Because so everyone has a particular symbol set. If you don't know what your symbol set is, or you know, some people have a cultural symbol set saying, you know, this is what this means in my culture. And if you don't know what that is, I would highly suggest looking into it, researching it, you know, asking mm-hmm. yourself, what does this mean for me? Uh, you could also take it, and I would highly recommend if you're interested in doing, figuring out your dreams, starting a dream journal. Mm-hmm. Which is literally just like a small journal that you keep on your bedside if you wake up from a dream as soon as you wake up. Mm-hmm. And I know this is a chore, but, you know, it's because it's, <laughs> trust me, I know this is difficult. I've had difficulties with doing this myself. But um, when you wake up, take a, like five minutes and write down everything you remember from your dream because mm-hmm. things fade yes. fast from dreams. And just look for any kind yeah. of trends or anything yeah. like that. So, dreams that you should not ignore, like symbolism in dreams. Uh, if you dream that you are lost or you are trapped or imprisoned, this typically means from a psychological standpoint that you have some uncertainty in your life and that you are 
not sure where you're going or you feel confined to what you, where you're at and you feel yeah. su- stuck in the uncertainty. Um, boxes, if you dream of a lot of boxes, typically this is your subconscious bringing attention to some kind of concealment, whether it is you keeping something secret, you being in denial of something, you feeling like someone else is keeping something secret from you. If you are in a dream and you're aware that you're in a dream and you have something like this, I would suggest opening boxes. Um, Mistransportation. So this kind of goes into a lot of different things. It can also be like being late for stuff. Uh, in your dream, you know, constantly running behind in your dream, but specifically miss transformation here, or transformation, transportation. This is what happens when a dyslexic person tries Side to note. read a script. Side note, so, uh, whenever somebody texts me, I love, I love it when they send that message. Oh, this is what it means. It's like, my best friend is dyslexic, and I've had to decipher the Finchie code for almost 10 years now. I can figure out what I can figure out what you're saying. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> English is so dumb, and it sucks being dyslexic because, like, especially so. I don't know how it is in the rest of the world uh, for other languages, especially with other English mm-hmm. speaking countries and areas. Uh, we're typically told, at least where I grew up, typically told. Yeah. When you ask how to spell a word, sound it out. Or, or my favorite that I always get told, looking up in the dictionary. Well, no. English language is not phonetic. It is an atrocity, and you can't do that because you won't find it. I literally spent, I'd say about an hour and a half one time, trying to figure out a word in the dictionary yep. to spell it. And, like, my mom was like, you're not done with homework yet? And I'm like, no, I'm still looking for this word that <laughs> I asked you how to spell forever ago. Mm-mm. And it wasn't even, like, anything close to, you know, and then we have, like, freaking oh, yeah. homonyms yeah. and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, but sorry, random side quest. Uh, but so, <laughs> no, it is. It's also annoying. Mm-hmm. But you also read things in a really weird way if you're dyslexic and you're reading it, and then you're, you're like, <laughs> wait, I don't think that's what that meant. Or I'm not sure that's what that said because you'll misread stuff, mm-hmm. and I've misread some stuff really funny. Uh, also, when you're on social media, if you're on any kind of social media, and you have like things that you're following that's in a different language, or that somebody posts something, or you see something in a different language, you mm-hmm. automatically start to try and read it. And then you're like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Maybe I'm having a lot of issues with my dyslexia here. So you're like looking at each little thing, and you're just like, wait. Especially if it's mm-hmm. the like same alphabet you use. Because like I'll see this stuff in like Spanish, and Portuguese all the time. Where you know I'm trying to read it, and I'm like, this I can't read this. This is in English. Yeah. And it's like yeah, I'm... and it's it's not even like I look at the first word. It's always like <laughs> I get to the sixth or seventh word in, and I'm like, that's those aren't. Yeah, sorry. I just no, you're. I just think it's funny. People always apologize all the time, and it's like I. You're fine. I've I've dealt the I've been doing the Da Vinci Code for ten years. You are fine. 
<laughs> yeah. I gave up apologizing. And when people try to yeah. correct me, I'm like, did you understand what I said? Then why are you I apologizing? Said? Well, yeah. yeah. Okay, then. Continue. Like, get over yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyways, mistransportation typically means missed opportunities in real life. So basically, you either feel like you missed your chance of doing something or you feel like you're going to miss your chance. Uh, falling or sinking is typically a sign that you are unhappy in life and that there is okay. a fear of failure. Being chased, typically you're having anxiety issues about things in your life and okay. you're trying to get away from your emotions. So you want to get away from things. And again, this is from a psychological standpoint. This is not a spiritual standpoint. Uh, those kind of are person by person and situation by situation. So learn your culture, learn what's normal in your culture, and learn what's normal to you in a simple set. Um, yeah. So this was the thing we were talking about all ago. So it's typically if you have dreams where your teeth are falling out, you feel unattracted, mm -hmm. unattractive and unwanted. If you have dreams that your teeth are being pulled out, there is something that you have stuffed away subconsciously or that you have within your body that, as far as mentally, that you need to get rid of or you know you should get rid of or know you should come out in the open and you have it pushed down and that it needs to come out. Um, if you dream about, like, teeth rotting, it's has to do with fears okay. with society. Society norms. And how society perceives you and how things are going with society. So ants can mean two things. Ants can either mean that okay. something or someone is extremely irritating you. Uh, it can also mean that you need to or that you enjoy working as a team okay. depending on the situation. I can see I can see that one. I can see that second one. For sure. Um and then with all animals, I recommend Animal Speaks, which is a great book that like goes into symbolism of animals if you want to kind of explore into the spiritual yeah. meaning of different animals. Uh I recommended it before. I'll recommend it again, I'm sure, but really good book. Really informative. So moving to hair. So hair typically has to do with focus on relationships. Either you need more focus on the relationship or you're too focused on a relationship. Um, if you dream of randomly mm -hmm. having like long flowing hair, it's typically a sign of virility, a male, like male virility. Uh, but strength is what it's often commonly associated with because of the cultural mm -hmm. zeitgeist of like Samson having the long hair and being strong. Uh, loss of hair can mean that you feel powerless or that you don't feel like you have a say-so in a relationship. And of course this is a big thing that ties into just masculine culture as a whole because, you know, Typically, with men are male-presenting, uh, mm -hmm. 
individuals, loss of hair, unwilling loss of hair can be, is socially frowned upon and is looked at weird. It is. Because, you know, which is just weird because well, like and that's part of life. As you people. age, your hair um, does get thinner. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it happens naturally. Is your hair going to get it doesn't it does. thin, it just moves to other parts of the body. That's what my dad says. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. And I have a full head of hair, and I'll tell you that. It doesn't yeah. thin, it just moves to other parts of your body. Yeah. Uh, well, my I guess my hair did thin a bit over the years. But yeah. I think it died a lot. Um, <laughs> so, Dreaming of Water... Of course, there's the aspects of the feminine, because water is typically associated with women, and reproductive, and rebirth, and all that fun stuff. But a common trope for water in dreams is about taking chances. You know, getting out there, doing the things you don't know if you want to do. Is it because you can't see the bottom? Like, if you go out in the ocean, it's so vast. I don't know. And, like, a lot of times you can't see the bottom? I wonder why that is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, water's always been a mystery. There's always been speculations of what lies beneath. Like, huh. Okay. So, um, home, specifically your home, is your inner life different rooms actually represent different aspects of yourself so like with the basement is typically if you don't have a basement if you just randomly have a basement in your dream or if you you know if stuff like that it's typically like stuff that's neglected and pushed sense. down deep inside you all you also have like you know of course mm-hmm. the bedroom is typically stuff that's more intimate so different parts of the house represent different things and finding new rooms in your house or finding things have changed in your house is a uh, representation yeah. of exploration now, of self. What if you dream of somebody else's house? I mean, do you want the Freudian answer like or do you answer. want my answer? I don't know. I think it's completely situational as far as uh, what the house looks like and all that fun stuff. house oh we're at flying okay Mm -hmm. so every a lot of people have flying dreams um flying typically means that your subconscious is telling you you're ready to make a brave choice roads are yes roads are a very common trope apparently in dreams where the road itself is a representation of life 
and you're going down life, the road is straight ahead. Typically, life is simple. If the road gets curvy or bumpy, you know, there's distractions in the road. Uh, if the road is muddy or foggy, that typically means you have things in your life okay. you need to clear up. So, naked in public. And this is not talking about being a nudist or being, you know, into voyeurism or any of that fun stuff. Um, this is specifically talking about dreaming about being in a public place and you mm -hmm. magically don't have clothes on. This typically yep. is a reflection all of being All judged. eyes are on you in the dream. Yep. Uh, and then flowers are a representation of interesting uh, Makes sense. opportunities coming your way. Because stuff is growing from... Okay. Mud in your dream is a representation of, you know, being stuck in life choices. And then it can also be that you are ready for a rebirth. Okay. So think about like planting and sowing seeds in the mud to nurture something new in life uh you know life is shit but you can build on top of that and yeah. use that shit for fertilizer and sure. grow stronger crops failing a test um so failing a test i thought was interesting so a lot of the ones for failing a test i guess people typically actually have it as an adult mm -hmm. more so than they did when they were in school and it's about being a failure in life and about hmm. just failing in the future. It's also about feeling that you are being tested for things for the future. Okay. And then the last one, the reoccurring dreams. If you have a reoccurring dream, yeah. I would suggest not ignoring it. Definitely read into it or look into it. Um, typically, this is your subconscious or if you want to call it higher higher self yeah trying to talk to you or trying to you know get in on yeah. what's going on mentally uh yeah like i said most of the stuff that I, other stuff that i found it's like i said it's all subjective recommends getting a dream book or get this is called the dream dictionary by uh, Lady Stern Robinson and Tom Corbett, which has a bunch of different words and uh, stuff in it, what they would suggest in the dream. But ultimately, it is up to you as an individual to determine what goes on in your dreams and yeah. you know what the symbol sets mean. You can talk to people about mm -hmm. seeing if they can interpret it for you. They used to, I don't know if you found this at all in your research, but dreams used to be so big of a part of a lot of cultures yeah. that it like, literally shaped empires and helped win battles. They would actually send yeah. dream interpreters in Rome. They would send dream interpreters into battle with the generals to help interpret mm -hmm. dreams for the yeah, upcoming battles. Yeah, it talks about that in the stuff I found about Mesopotamia. 
that the kings basically had a dream interpreter on their council, which I thought was interesting. Yep. Yeah. So it's like the dreams are something that have been around since like, the first thing had enough ability to dream, yeah. like dogs dream. So any form of if something has evolved enough or is formed enough to have some sort of coherent thought independently other than just basic need then they probably dream yeah uh, and to answer your question yes <laughs> robots do dream of electric sheep <laughs> for those of you who don't know that is the book that Blade Runner was based off of is do yep. androids dream of electric sheep yeah no, you're cool. Sorry, I, I had to throw that in here. You gotta make the nerdy jokes when you can. Gotta make them when they can. They don't, they don't come up very often. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I repress a lot of them. They yeah. have. Sorry, I just like, I pulled up this, open this page, book to a random page. And of course, like I was telling you with, uh, you know, relating <laughs> horses to malvirility. Horse just happens to be the first word that catches my eye when I open this. And what does it mean? Uh, I don't know, I guess I need to read into horses. Yeah. Being to be kicked by a horse is a warning against uh, complacency. What? So, if you dream about getting kicked by a horse, you're too complacent. What? <laughs> what? Let me see the. Yeah. Um, the one about pregnancy. Um. It suggests that the dreamer is developing some area of potential or deepening in a relationship. So, obviously, pregnancy, something is growing. So, some form of relationship in your life has the potential to grow. And then infidelity. Um, infidelity means that you have trust issues in your relationship there's an undercurrent of trust mistrust for mm -hmm. this uh, under pregnancy it says for women or for a woman this dream forecasts a happy increase in material wealth but for a man it is a warning against uh, indiscriminate Sexual relation. Okay. <laughs> what? Hey, what? What? Let's see, and then dying. If you die in a dream. Let me. Change. Um. My question is, if you die in your thing. sleep, do you wake I up I always dead? thought if you died in your sleep, you died in real life. Um, but, like, you have a fear of the unknown. I know. Um, 
That is a myth. But, like, you have an anxiety about something, and you don't, like, you don't like change. You have a major fear of the unknown. Losing teeth, being chased naked public, yeah. Yeah, I found a couple of dream diaries. Or dictionaries. I don't know about... Lime. Lilies? What? <laughs> Seed oil. What? I'm gonna click the legs. Well, it's like a dictionary, so it's like a whole bunch... Huh. Okay. So, there is one dream that I remember vividly to this day. And I had a dream that my breath, my brother was, someone had captured him, were in like a dirty dungeon. And they kept chopping his arms and legs off but he was like Spongebob and they kept growing back and the people in the dream were getting mad that his like legs kept coming like his arms and legs kept coming back um yeah so I, I clicked on legs uh, yeah we, ha we had watched a lot of Spongebob that summer um but if you have like a if you have a dream with your leg amputated, you will lose valued friends and the home influence will render your life unbearable. So I think that's kind of funny. Let's go up to arms. It's interesting. If you dream of seeing an arm amputated means separation or divorce. If you have a dream where you lose your arm, that's what this website says. Which I find interesting, because I think that was, I had that dream before my parents divorced. Oh, no. Now that I think about it. So, that's interesting. I never looked into it, I just thought it was a weird dream, because I watched a lot of Spongebob that hey. summer. <laughs> I think that's all we watched for Spongebob. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you I enjoy think it was my show. cousins, actually, at the time. That were really into Spongebob. I don't remember why we were watching a lot of Spongebob. But I remember watching that episode and then having that dream that night. About my brother. But, yeah. That is our part one of like a, I think we're going to make this two or three parts for our dreams. We haven't decided whether we're going to combine the last two, but our next episode will be about like different levels of dreaming. So like lucid dreaming and all that stuff. Nightmares and stuff. Yeah. How it builds yeah. into your subconscious. And yeah. 
everything yep. else. And I think the last, we might combine the last one with that one about like premonition dreams and stuff like that and having um, alien abduction dreams because that is actually quite common is to have alien abduction dreams. Alien abduction dreams. Yep. Yep. So, don't forget to like, rate, review, and all that yeah, tell stuff a friend, tell your enemy, tell everybody. We're trying to grow this and stuff we've been... Yeah. Tell the guy at the local liquor store. You know the <laughs> one. It was very conversation. I was like, tell all your friends, tell all your witchy friends, tell all your weird friends. <laughs> tell everybody. Um, I do post pictures on Facebook and Instagram that go along with the episode because some people need a visual of kind of what we're talking about. Um, I have started a YouTube channel if you need more visuals of things. Um, it is not video of us talking. Um, we like to remain as anonymous as humanly possible. Um, I will start posting videos of what I get in my Mindful Souls box. That way it's not just a big picture. I'm on Instagram. You can kind of see me unbox it and kind of actually see how big these things are in relation to my own hand. Um, so you get the idea of what I say. It's about the size of my thumb. You understand what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I'll probably make a video of this last box. Because this, this comb is so cool. But the bracelet. I wish you could see this. It looks so sparkly. Um, but yeah if you have a story or think if you have a dream that you think we should interpret you can always remain anonymous we'll respect your name and anonymity um if you send anything in <laughs> i was going to say it's that anonymity. word that way it's not an, an enemy anonymity um if you do want to remain anonymous that is perfectly fine we will totally respect that you just don't put your name at the bottom just put anonymous um if you have a dream that you think we should interpret if you have a weird ghost story have any kind of weird life story or if you huh please include please include your pronouns in the video because i don't want to accidentally disrespect yeah. someone by calling them and, and if you don't we will assume that they are that you are they them so it's yep. easy, easy to not offend anybody if we just call you they so um but yeah yeah you can email us if you think that there's a certain topic that you wish that we could cover um I was like this dream one's gonna be about another episode maybe two depending on what we want to do. We have to do a little dream. Little series. Because then it will lead us into spooky October. So, yeah, that we're actually going to collab with somebody um, else more. We, you know, maybe yeah. teaming up with another podcast to talk about some spooky stuff as you yes yeah we'll talk about, about that once we get done <laughs> yeah okay. um 
Because, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, that's all we got for this episode, guys. So, until next time, I'm <laughs> Night, Kelsey. Johnny. Oh, you're not going to do it? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs>